Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I go off the draw, back with a shot off the rush, a save made by Skinner, the rebound cleared by McDavid, and here comes Hyman and Nugent Hopkins as the Oilers seek their first lead of the night. Getting it in deep, Nugent Hopkins tap free to Hyman, back door, deflected home! Zach Hyman from McDavid, and Edmonton does have its first lead of the night, 3-2. Zach Hyman, two goals tonight, including that game winner with 7.36 left in the third period, and the Edmonton Oilers have won four straight. They sweep their three-game road trip. The final count tonight, 3-2 in Calgary over the Flames. Connor McDavid, three points, a goal, and two assists. And Stuart Skinner continues to be exceptional in goal. He makes 40 saves for the victory. The Oilers were outshot 42-26. Here's the thing. Stuart Skinner's save percentage for the season is 9.55. He's been so good. It actually went down tonight. It was 957 <laughs> coming in. He stops 40 out of 42, and his save percentage actually decreased slightly. But the Oilers pull it out, Rob Brown, and we talked after the second period. Okay, just like two weeks ago, the Flames are up a goal going to the third period. I mean, you got there in different ways, but mm-hmm. the, the Flames were up a goal going to the third, and in Edmonton a couple weeks ago, the Oilers didn't really threaten. Well, the Oilers were outshot in that third period, but but they were getting some chances. And we noted watching the game together, they were getting the puck around the Flames net, and eventually they get the two goals to win it. They were. Now, here's one of those things that the Oilers coaching staff is going to be pretty excited about the way the game ended and the way they came back in the third period and their star players and their goaltender. The Calgary Flames are going to like a lot of the things they did in this game. I mean, Daryl Sutter is going to say, you know, we have a one-goal lead going into the third. We outshoot them 16-5, but it was a mistake by their goaltender. Jacob Markstrom gets, you know, he tries to play a puck, not his fault, it gets by him, but doesn't get set properly, and Connor McDavid scores a fluke goal. At that point, the Oilers had been held in check, but that goal gives the Oilers life. Then they found a little bit more life pushing forward, and then uh, McDavid and his line mates took over. So it was uh, a game where the Oilers, again, a one-goal game. And this is something that in years gone by, the Oilers are not a strong one-goal team in those games. But this year, every game but one has been a one-goal game. They're finding ways to win. Uh, Different people are stepping up in these games for them. And tonight, it was on the back of a goaltender who kept it close. And then their star player, who has a little bit of magic in the third period to get the win. Well, I thought both both goaltenders were good tonight. And I know Markstrom's career numbers against the Oilers, Mm -hmm. mostly since joining Calgary, haven't been great. But I thought he made... I thought he made a lot of good saves as well. I, I don't pin this uh, no, on no, Markstrom no. at all, but yeah, I, I, I thought both goalies were correct. It, it was yeah. just that the Oilers goaltender was a little better. And Stuart Skinner, I mean, wow. 
I mean, this is, it just, it continues for him. Um, I mean, you can't expect a, a 950 save percentage to last throughout the season, uh, but he, he just looks so collected in there and never seems to be out of position. Nothing seems to rattle him. Uh, there, When there's a, a scramble, and there were a few today where the puck was in there, uh, he's not flipping and flopping. He's just uh, taking up space and trying to find the puck. So this is a game that could have got away from the Oilers in the second period. Calgary Flames threw 21 shots on net and could have extended the lead a few times and taken a two-goal lead into the third period where a mistake that Markstrom made isn't as costly because they've got that two-goal cushion. But Skinner just didn't blink. And uh, was sensational again. And we talked, you and I, after last game, who we thought would play in this game. We both said Skinner, and it's simply because of the way he's played as of late. And I think uh, the coaching staff made the decision based on who they thought gave him the best chance to win the game. And certainly it was the right choice because Stuart Skinner, uh, to me, was the best player on the ice for either team. So the Oilers win it 3-2. So the season series between Edmonton and Calgary tied 1-1. They both have won in each other's buildings. They're going to play one more time in the regular season in Calgary. That is in December. Zach Hyman, Rob, what a run he is on. He has five goals in his last four games, seven points. He's, he, he gives you an honest effort every night, and he's now being rewarded with pucks getting the right bounces for him. You know, the goal that he scored, it goes in off his foot, but he made that play. He gets in on the forecheck, and it wasn't until I saw it on the replay when the Calgary Flame defenseman, I believe it was Uyghur, is trying to get the puck to his centerman, Backlund, who came down low, uh, Hyman tips the puck, and that's the reason the puck comes out in front to Connor McDavid, because Hyman tipped it uh, and intercepted the pass going through. Uh, he does all the little things right, and right now is getting a little bit of magic happening for him. Now, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to find the third goal tonight as he had two whacks at an empty net. Uh, one he missed wide, another Anderson made the save, but the expectation of what you get from Connor McDavid has been there all year long. Connor's lived up to everything you know he's going to give you. So is Leon. I think Hyman, you knew that he had this work ethic that was second to none, but now the goals are coming for him. And when he signed here, there was talk, can he score 35? Can he be a 40-goal scorer playing with either Leon or Connor? And it wasn't there for him that way, but he brought other intangibles. This year, what you're seeing is, you know, if he's going to play there regular and be on your first power play unit, Hmm. He could be a 40-goal scorer in this league. So, Zach Hyman, another excellent game. He's the fourth star again for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer, because the three stars selected in the arena, McDavid one, Skinner two, and Richie number three. So we'll give Hyman the fourth star, and we'll give a very strong honorable mention for fourth star to Dylan Holloway, because he got his first career point tonight. He assisted on McDavid's goal that made it 2-2. Uh, the first real noticeable regular season game for Dylan Holloway. Uh, he made some nice plays in this game. Uh, he started using his speed. He looked a little more um, dangerous in this game than we'd seen in, in the previous ones. So uh, a good step forward for Dylan Holloway, who, you know, is, is looking for ice time. And I don't know what was his... He only played 529. I would have thought he played more than that. Well, it, but we did talk that we, we saw the fourth line of the Calgary Flames consistently out there 
the fourth line of the Edmonton Oilers doesn't play as much. And, I, and Bob did talk before the game, too. Uh, Holloway with five, six minutes a night, that's not what they want him. No, he's got to play. He's got to play, and if he's not going to get more than that, then you may see him go down to the minors just to get ice yeah, time. which is fine. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Five minutes a night isn't enough for him to continue to progress as a hockey player, but you did see more jump in his game tonight. And if, the good thing... If they can send, if they do send Dylan Holloway down, it won't be based on his play. It'll be based on other players who had slow training camps or slow exhibitions have played better. And one of those players is Jesse Pugliarvi, who has been much more noticeable the last couple of games. All right, so the Oilers take it 3-2 over the Flames. Back to Calgary. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Um, it was a little bit of a different morning, but, uh, you know, I don't think anything's going to throw our team off. And I thought it was a good hockey game tonight between two good teams. Numerous chances at both ends. Uh, both teams hit crossbars. In the end, we stuck with it uh, kind of longer and harder and, and uh, were able to get the kind of the right people on the ice at the right time. And uh, we're able to prevail. So I was, I was happy about that, especially after... Uh, uh, we dropped one against them in our building. What did you think of your goal tonight? I thought Stuart Skinner was um, exactly what I expected him to be, confident. Um, you know, I felt good about his ability to come in and help us win the game tonight. Um, made numerous big saves. He's one half of a really good goaltending tandem for us. So it becomes almost repetitive and you almost take it for granted. And McDavid gets you seven points in two games and you come out of this road trip 3-0. and all, like Just the luxury of having a guy like that on your team. That, that wasn't too long ago I was reading that he was in a slump. <laughs> I don't know, but I saw that. I saw that somewhere, and uh, you know what? <laughs> Must have been a, the, another team's beat writer. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, Connor's play tonight was excellent. I thought he created not just on on you know where we scored the goals, but he created numerous chances. He was a handful. Again, I go back to you know we were able to get some of the matchups we wanted there in the third period. Get the right people on the ice against the people we wanted uh, wanted them going against and you know they were able to stick with it and get us a couple goals there in the third period. Yeah you know what I think you don't get to see us all the time but I, I think one thing um, we try and do is maintain a level of flexibility. We have so many good forwards up front where I feel good about interchanging the parts and Zach um, doesn't always play with Connor but I do think there's a chemistry between specifically Hyman and Nugent Hopkins and uh, when we went to this this lineup in the Pittsburgh game uh, you know we thought it was to our benefit and over the last four or so it's helped helped us uh, get on a little bit of a roll here. Just to go back to Stuart Skinner you saw a lot of this in Bakersfield right? Uh, yeah. So that, is that are you caught? <laughs> Not I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised that he put in a good effort today. I'm privy to the work that gets put in so that he can, um, you know, have moments like today. You know, but I also know that, you know, this is one game. He's not self-satisfied. Um, he's a worker bee, and he's serious about his craft, and he's been very good for us. And as I said, he's one half of a really good goaltending tandem for us. You've, you've not led early in games and you've not held the lead in fact as much as maybe you'd want to but you're winning four in a row it seemed like you got your team going good here uh is that you know, 
I guess you don't get everything, but you got most of what you want with this team, don't you? Yeah, you know what, I think um, uh, I was just in there talking with our coaching staff, and I, I was kind of just reviewing the month of October, right, because that's our last game tonight was was uh, tonight versus Calgary, and, and at the end of the, the month, our record is what our record is. One of the things that I really liked was the quality of opponents that we've played uh, in this month and the types of games we're being forced to play. Um, we're, we have a good record. We're happy with where our record is. Uh, we, we strive for more. But at the same time, as a coach, I'm uh, super proud of our players for grinding it out in these types of games. Every single game except one has been a one-goal hockey game. You know, there's been a couple empty nets here or there, but the Pittsburgh game was the only game that wasn't a one-goal hockey game. So for us, at the end of the month, when you sit back and look at it, you see the quality of opponents we've played, and then you put it together with the types of games we've been asked to play. We're not perfect, but we're a work in progress, that's for sure. Connor and David, obviously, doing really well. Three-point night for him. We all know about how great of a player he is. Just with all the pressure thrust on him in a game, like a rivalry game like tonight, still able to bring his game up. Can you describe the luxury of having a player like Connor McDavid who's able to bring up his game in nights like this? He's the best best hockey player in the world. Um, he drives our team in so many aspects. And, um, you know, it's a privilege uh, for me to stand behind the bench every game that he gets to play in. Um, but what I do know about Connor that you might not if you're not around us all the time is that he's an ultimate teammate uh, he's a true competitor he rises to the occasion versus in big moments and uh, today was a big moment it was an important uh, win for our team and he led the way I'm not surprised good thanks, thanks. Okay. Yeah. that's Jay Woodcroft head coach of the Edmonton Oilers after his team beats the Calgary Flames 3-2 to improve to 6-3 on the season yeah a lot of questions there about mcdavid who continues to excel he's now up to 18 points in nine games on the season two points per game not bad it's pretty good pace hey, well, well that's 160 some points he's gonna have at the end of the season i it, it's funny we, we talked about this a few games back when connor went a couple games without a point and we're thinking you know those teams on the schedule are looking at Connor coming in and okay he's had a, a slow couple games uh, things aren't going for him the way they normally do and there's that fear because you know he's going to explode because at the end of the season it's all going to equal out the two games where he doesn't score means there's going to be a couple games where he has four or five point nights and that's what the Chicago Blackhawks and the the Calgary Flames ran into they ran into uh, Connor equaling out or it, it just the, the the numbers finding their way into what Connor eventually will do and he has the big nights and the the puck finds him and right now uh, if he's not putting it in he's got a teammate that's the bouncing off his foot or it's deflection here or he's getting a, a weird bounce off the boards and catching a goalie uh, napping uh, he's creative he's competitive and every time he's on the ice, and I know that they talked about it on the broadcast tonight, if you blink or fall asleep for one second, he's going to take advantage of you. And that's what happened on the, the goal that Markstrom, the puck went around. Uh, Markstrom didn't think any player would be able to pick the puck up off the boards that quickly and get a good hard shot on net. And he wasn't ready for it. He got to the net in time, but he wasn't square to the puck. And because of that, the game turned. 3-2, the Oilers take it. 
Hyman scores twice. Uh, Backlund scored a shorthanded goal for Calgary. And I mean, again, pivotal, pivotal moments. And you never, you never know how it's going to play out in the end. Backlund was very close to scoring two shorthanded goals. They would have been about 24 seconds apart. Mm -hmm. Approximately, he beat Skinner with the shot. And he hit the bottom of Skinner's glove and went in. The Oilers give up another shorthanded breakaway right after that. And Skinner just kind of followed him across the, the crease. And and we're not, we, we're still not even sure where the puck kind of wound up, but it, it squirted out of there. And the Oilers went the other way. And Hyman, who was passing to Dreisaitl, had the puck go in off Noah Hannafin's stick. So that was kind of a, a crazy sequence. And I mean, you know, just... Another entertaining game. I mean, the games have been fun to watch this year. Uh, you know, the first time these two pl teams played, going back to the first game against uh, Vancouver. Um, you know, even the St. Louis game, which was lower vent, was still sort of intriguing because it was like, who's gonna? Because of the gonna, stress level. Blink, you know, because yeah. it was one nothing St. Louis most of the game, and most nights now six out of nine, the Oilers have been able to figure it out, and they're not they're not all perfect, and they got some things to work on. But as, as you said, you know, tight third periods, Woodcroft alluded to it, they're all one-goal games. And, I, and, you know, it's that thing, like, we, we've talked about it sometimes. There's a lot of, you need a lot of skills to play hockey, but winning is a skill. And, and what goes into that? To me, patience, experience, of course, talent, but I think the Oilers are exhibiting some of those things. Well, so and, and the biggest one is belief. I think there's been years where the Oilers had talent, but they didn't have that belief that they were going to win. They, 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 a lot of third periods, there was hope. And you don't win on hope. You win on belief. And belief, you just go out and continue to push and push because you know something good's going to happen. You know, I think the season has been exciting because the stress level in every game. It's always you're one bounce from, from taking a lead or one bounce from falling behind. And the Oilers... A couple of years back, when they were really successful, that the first time they 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 showed the promise when they made the playoffs after all those years, they made it on the back of great goaltending, keeping them close going into the third period, and then in the third period, if they're always within one, either Leon or Connor would do something special. Well, right now they're a better hockey club, but they still are the same type of team that if if they're close going into that third, you're always one shift away from tying a game or taking the lead because Connor and Leon, they both have magic in them. And they also have, not only are they incredibly skilled, they're amazingly driven. And the competitive level in them is through the roof. So they, they have a belief when they step on the, And Leon, it's funny, Connor believes he's the greatest in the world. And that's the belief you need to have if you are. But Leon also believes every single night he steps on the ice, he can be, be the best player in the world. And he goes out there to prove it. So they are a team right now that believes in themselves as a team. They've got the skill level up front to score uh, at will at times and outscore mistakes. And what they've been getting is quality goaltending. And we've seen in the past, you can have the best players in the world that can win scoring titles and MVPs, but if you don't have goaltending, you can't be a great team. Well, right now, they've got goaltending, and it's allowing their star players to do what they do best. All right, Oilers win it 3-2 over the Calgary Flames. We got a quick comment here from Flames head coach Daryl Sutter. Here's uh, his answer to a question after the game. Uberdale left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think he'd go take a shot. Okay, well, that's informative. Apologies for the language, everybody. As my son would say, TOI, too much. No, TMI. Too much information. I doubt that's what it was. I don't think it was either. 
because he went out and tested it on the ice. So I'm not sure he was testing <laughs> if he could skate um, down the ice without pooping his pants. But yeah, no, I that's <laughs> I don't need to hear that. All right. Well, again, apologies for the uh, for for the language. We, well, I you just, don't have I to just, apologize. It was knew, well, Daryl. I, well, I knew we had a good. Well, we had a good clip coming in. So you didn't know. That was, uh, that was the, I didn't realize it was quite that graphic. But uh, anyway, uh, Oilers win 3-2. Well, sometimes McDavid scares the crap out of people. <laughs> Oilers win 3-2 over the Flames. You can get us at 780-496-0063. First of all, uh, somebody's getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card for taking the under on set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line for eight and a half power plays in this game. There were seven, so it is under. All right, we will have Jordan on the open line. Jordan, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Oh, it's good. It just got back from the game. The atmosphere is great. A lot of fun. Curious to know your guys' take on uh, Skinner. Um, you know, obviously he's played some great hockey. Campbell's also played great hockey, but Skinner looks to be doing pretty good. Where do you think he'll be at the end of the season? Thanks, oh, well, I think I just think enjoy having two pretty good goalies. I, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, they're going to play, if he's talking about the playoffs, they'll play the better goalie in yep. the playoffs. It won't matter that Campbell's made more or makes more money or is, old, or is older. I think right now, just enjoy having two. So I know Skinner's stats are better, but Campbell's four and two. Yeah, well, and the win column. It's not like we've had in the past couple of years where you had, uh, you know, a guy that was oft injured and you had a player that you thought was vastly overpaid and you're wondering he's going to be unrestricted free agent. These are the two goaltenders for the Edmonton Oilers for, well, for the next five years probably. Unless, possibly, yeah. Possibly. I mean, one guy's signed for five years and the other guy's your young up-and-comer yeah. that you've been grooming to be the starter. So uh, as a player, you respect a coach that plays players that deserve to play. Um, we've seen... Uh, Jay Woodcroft changed the lines around very quickly if things aren't going right and putting the guys that are playing better uh, up higher in the lineup and giving them ice time. Uh, in the last few games, Campbell's been fine, but Skinner's been great. So a big game like tonight, and it was a big game. It's a message game. You want to give your team the best opportunity to win. And that coaching staff probably sat in the dressing room and said, you know what, I think the best chance for us to win, the one that's going to give us the, 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 the net uh, give us the, the goaltending in the net that's going to give us the, the the best opportunity to beat a good Calgary Flame team would be Stuart Skinner just from the way he's played in his, his outings this year and they were right. He was the difference in this hockey game. Well, and this may... It, I know they always say, well, we'll talk about it, but I do think they sort of have a plan for the goaltenders and this week was four games in six days with a back-to-back -back and, some, and some travel. So it was Campbell, Skinner... I, Campbell Skinner. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that their their play dictates. I think you have a rough draft. Well, that's what I mean. Yes, they have. They but have I don't, an idea. I don't. But I don't know if they. I don't think they would have had Skinner down on this game. I think they would have had Campbell. That's my guess. No, I don't think so. Not after Skinner stopped 31 of 31 against Calgary, and, and yeah, but going they, back, Campbell was outstanding against St. Louis and didn't play the next game against St. Louis. He was in the oh, the one nothing. Yeah, one night he was outstanding, so they didn't go back to him. So I don't think the past really means a whole lot into it, because if that was the case, Campbell would have played against St. Louis in St. Louis, because he was he was the difference in the game at home. He was the one player that showed up. Well, true, but I just think with the schedule being four games in six days, it made sense to alternate the goalies. 
But regardless, I mean, Skinner's not going to have a 9.55 save percentage no. all year. Like I said, it actually went down tonight yeah. by stopping 40 over uh, 40 out of 40. But I, but I also don't think that you can write in paper that this is how many games Campbell's going to play and this is how many Skinner's going to play. No. And at the end of the year, who knows? Skinner could have more games played than Campbell. Yeah. I mean, Campbell was hired to play more, yep. if you want to look at it that way. Well, they had to go out and give him but, big money to come yeah, here. But, it, but, but again, I mean, I, I think, like, I don't think there's a goalie controversy. Nope. I don't think got, anything like that. I think, and if, and again, it, it stands out a little more because if it's off the start of the season. Yes. If this was in the middle of January and it's like, oh, Skinner's played two out of three and was awesome. Okay, well, good. That's what yeah. you're back. You, like, the backup goalie is supposed to be an NHL goal. Well, the last couple of years, the backup goalies played a lot of games here in Edmonton. Yeah, well, Koskinen played a lot. He played like about 13 in yeah, a row. When, well, exactly. So, um, I, I think they're going to do whatever they can. They'll put the goalie in that gives them the best chance. Now, again, Campbell's going to get the net again, and Campbell can go on a run. He's got the well, ability I wouldn't be to surprised go on a run. if yeah. Campbell starts too. I agree. And he could go on a run again. But I do believe every time Stuart Skimmer, Skinner steps in the net he's trying to get another game and he's trying to get one quick because in a normal world when you have a starter and Campbell's supposed to be the starter 50 games is what you probably think in minimum yeah so now Campbell's like oh you're gonna play play well now the coaching staff well maybe maybe it's 45 35 or what 37 okay well now the he, Campbell just had three in a row. Okay, maybe it's back to 50. So I think it's nothing set in stone. They're going to go based on play, and the play of Skinner as of late allows the coaching staff to use him whenever they want. All right, 40 saves for Skinner. The Oilers win 3-2. Here he is. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, we got the two points, so that's uh, that's what the team wants, and uh, happy that we were able to get it. You said you wanted to kind of be calm and settle things down. How did you feel like you did that early on in the game? I felt good. Um, I thought it was just a hard-fought game all the way through. I think both teams played a really, really tight game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a such a tight scoring game, right? Like 3-2 win. I mean, that's that's the way you want to win. So uh, all the boys played a hell of a job out there. 40 shots, you say. They're a team that there's a lot of points coming all the time. Hey, Calgary, maybe more than other teams. Yeah. Something you prefer? Is yeah, I mean, it depends the game. I mean, uh, in this scenario, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely felt good. I mean, the guys guys did a great job of keeping the shots on the outside for a majority of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, big blocks. We were Everybody was going tonight, so big two points. You made a lot of saves to traffic in places where it looked like you were going to save it. Backlund <laughs> was the one you really saw, and he just beat you with a good shot. Yeah. Uh, as a goalie, uh, when you just didn't have it, do you think... I'd have to look back at it. I'll look back at it with uh, Schwartz. I mean, they're uh, they're a great team. Uh, he obviously made a nice shot, a uh, nice goal, um, and then it was huge that we were able to get one right right away. Um, and then obviously they uh, Luch made a nice play and he uh, he uh, made a really nice shot. So that's the one I I'm tipping my hat at. Yeah, Luch just had a big game today. Yeah, he was hard to play against. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he was great out there. He's a uh, he's a big big guy out there and uh, uh, tough to play against, especially in the corners. You mentioned the goal like right before that, like, so they, they back and gets the goal and then they have that other chance. Were you just a little surprised that uh, he didn't shoot that, that one? That it was kind of like a little broken play in front there? Yeah, I was. Uh, when he passed it, I, uh, it was a little moment of relief. Um, I was kind of out and about, um, but he made a, a, you know, a great play and I was uh, lucky enough to get an edge on it and uh, being able to get that goal after was massive for the team. So you know you played, you know, with the Battle of Alberta, Battle of Alberta, all your Edmonton guys. 
besides the big stage on Saturday. Were you yeah. a little more juice for this one than a regular game, or did you, did you try to kind of stifle that? Uh, I try to keep it the same. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, another game. I know Battle of Alberta is huge. Um, obviously, two great teams going a after it, and. Uh, I mean, you're definitely, you definitely know what it's about because growing up, you know, you live for these moments. Um, there's a, a moment moment during the third where I kind of had to snap my fingers a bit and pinch myself and, uh, you know, get back to work. Um, and, yeah, I thought the guys did a great job out there. The experience last Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, rather, probably helped. Yeah, for sure. Area. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just being able to kind of see what their team's all about and they're, uh, I mean, they're really skilled, really fast-making plays and a uh, really good team, so... Uh, tip my hat off to, to the Flames. All right, Oilers goaltender Stuart Skinner, excellent again. 40 saves on 42 shots. Oilers beat the Flames 3-2. Just saw the video posted online. You saw it live. Uh, dry settle coming off the ice after the warm-up. Yeah. saw a young uh, fan with a German sign. Yeah, a he, sign written in German. Yeah, so I'm guessing that the, the young fan was, was German. And Leon stopped, gave him his stick, talked to him for quite a while. Very animated talk. They both have big smiles, a couple fist pumps for the fans. So uh, it, it just it's, it's funny. I, you watch things like that, and you just feel good about it. Feel good about the, the hockey player. Feel good about Leon. And certainly, you, you know that young fan from Germany uh, it's going to be pretty popular when he gets back home carrying his Leon Drysettle hockey stick. Okay, Oilers take it 3-2. You're still going to hear from Zach Hyman. Two goals from him, including the game winner. And you can chime in 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Centering pass in tight. A drive taken by Dubay, and that missed. Partially blocked. In the line and a heavy hit on Rasmus Anderson. And he'll keep him pancaked. Pugliarvi got pulled over by Manjapani, but it was eventually wristed back to him. Pugliarvi tried to hit Fogel, but that pass was off the mark, and Hannafin ahead of Fogel makes sure to earn the icing call. Well, I have a feeling Marcus Niemelainen might be our crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting a few times this season. Niemelainen credited with six hits tonight. I know talking with Angie, she had a couple of other of his hits uh, <laughs> lined up as well as possibilities to play for the crunch of the game. But, but you can see that words getting around the league too because there, there was a play when the Oilers were shorthanded. Uh, Backlund was coming down the boards and Niemelainen came out of nowhere. He came into a, a position where if you're on the power play, you're not expecting the defending team to run out of their way to throw a hit. And Backlund did everything he did to get out of the way. He threw the puck away. He dove out of the way. And if he hadn't, he would have got absolutely crushed into the boards. But that's what... Uh, there's a, a fear when you play against a guy like Nima Linen that he comes at unexpected times. He right. finishes the play when, when he normally you wouldn't, and he's massive. So when he comes at you, he smothers you. And Backlund got out of the way, but because of Nima Linen coming at him, the Oilers were able to ice the puck very quickly while shorthanded. So it was a smart play by Nima Linen, who I thought, and you and I talked about it off air, I thought he looked good today. I mean, this was a big game against a good team, Battle of Alberta. Sometimes it overwhelms uh, not only younger players, players in general. Uh, Nima Linen acquitted himself very well tonight and looked fine, so good on him. 
Oilers win 3-2, two goals in the third period to pull it out. They've won four straight, 780-496-0063. We have Steve on the line. Hey, Steve, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, Rob, thanks for taking the call. Just a comment and then a question for Rob, if uh, if you have a minute, I'll listen off air. Um, Drysaddle's decision to give that young boy a stick tonight is really good for the game. And I uh, I just, with what's been in the press recently, I just think it was a tier one class act. My question for Rob is this, Rob, with all the coaches you played under, I'd like you to take us into the room for a minute and Tell me if the coaches treated the goaltending decision almost always the same or differently in terms of do they do they talk privately to the goalies? Does the coach not discuss anything with the team in a group corporately, or is it is it does it change from coach to coach? And I'll just hang up and listen to you. Thanks again. Uh, good question. Uh, Everything changes coach to coach. Simply co all different coaches have different ways, how they treat players, how they treat goalies, how they treat training staff. It, it, it all changes. Uh, and it, the, to answer your question, it also depends on the goalie. If you've got a superstar goalie, if you've got a Carey Price or uh, someone along that line, they will go to him and they'll have a much more in-depth conversation with him, see what he feels like. How are you doing? Uh, if you have someone maybe on a tier below that, then they will talk with the goalie coach, discuss what, okay, what's going on, how's he feeling, and they'll discuss what's best for him. They'll look at scheduled teams. This is the teams they play well against. Here's where he doesn't play well, things like that, before they make their decision. Um, they will have some conversation with the goaltender a little bit, but more so the, the decisions will be based on uh, how the goalie's playing, what they feel in the conversation with the goalie coach, how things are going in practice, how the goalie's confidence is, stuff like that. And then they'll just look at stats, how goalies play against certain teams. And the last one will be gut feeling. Coaches will just have a gut feeling on something. So there's a lot that goes into a decision to decide which goalie plays, especially on a team like Edmonton. It's, it's much different if you've got a goalie that plays 60 games a year already. Those are the ones where they'll talk more to the goalie. But when it's more of a split, like a 50-30 split, that way the, the coaches will talk more with the coaching staff and more with the goaltender coach. Also tonight in the NHL, cracking over the Penguins 3-1. Tough trip out west for the Penguins. The Montreal Canadiens beat St. Louis 7-4. Christian Dvorak got a hat trick in the third period. The Kings beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. Lightning knock off the Sharks 4-3. Florida over Ottawa 5-3. Rangers double up the Stars 6-3. In overtime, Carolina beats Philly 4-3. Also in overtime, Buffalo over Chicago 4-3. The Wings beat the Wild 2-1. The Avalanche with a big third period, four goals in the third to beat, the, or pardon me, the Islanders with four goals in the third to beat the Avalanche 5-4. And the Capitals shut out the Predators 3-0. World Series now tied at a win each. Houston beat Philadelphia 5-2. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, they uh, come up short tonight, 4-3 to the Ontario Reign. Your scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Oilers beat the Flames 3-2. 780-496-0063. We have Abbas on the line. Hey, Abbas, thanks for calling. Go ahead. What up, guys? You guys are right. Kenner was, was starting today. He played awesome. I think I think it wasn't for Skinner. We wouldn't be in this game. 
That's a good point. Skinner in the second period was outstanding, and the Calgary Flames could have extended the lead a couple times. Uh, to me, he was the best player for the Edmonton Oilers today. Do you think that, you know, when you look at history, when it comes to Grand Fear, you see the Skinner, you see fear in him? I was curious to know. Oh man, the st the styles are so different now. And the size. Yeah, the, and the, yeah, the size. I mean, <laughs> I know I had asked, but you know. I, I mean, but it's funny. Somebody called in the other night and compared Campbell to Grant Fuhr because he said he might give up three or four, but he doesn't let in the the backbreaker. I I don't know. That's a that's a hard but comparison think, for me. But I think I think this guy has potential for a Stanley Cup contender. Like, I, I'm still picking the Oilers for the Cup. That's well, the one thing that we've seen with Stuart Skinner, and I know that Reed talks about it a lot and Bob Stoffer talks about it a lot, is everywhere he's gone, he's improved and then excelled. And he's it's been a progression. There's some goalies that will come in that are superstars right away, like a Carey Price. There's others that pay their dues. And they go and learn their craft. It's junior, then the East Coast, and the American Hockey League, then come up as a backup, and they just continue to progress and, and continue to impress. And I think that's what uh, people like about Stuart Skinner. He's put his time in. Yeah. And he was, he's been excellent. Every time he's taken the net this year for the Edmonton Oilers, he's been excellent. Uh, and the Oilers are going to ride this wave while it goes. He's not going to be a 950 save percentage goalie for the whole year, but he's given them quality starts, and that's what you want from your backup, a guy that's pushing for more, more and more ice time. That's our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Oilers take it 3-2 over the Calgary Flames, 780-496-0063. We have Stephen on the line as well. Hey, Stephen, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I've been listening to your shows for a long time and have a high degree of respect for both you gentlemen. And uh, congrats to the Oilers tonight on a good win. Very entertaining game. But I'm calling on a more serious note tonight that I see as a, a real problem and it's getting worse and I think it's hit the peak. I'd like to discuss it with you really quickly and it's important to, to point out that this is something that a lot of people and people that I know have brought to my attention as well. Um, and it's about the, the latest production on ice and the advertising. We uh, started, I noticed on the game in St. Louis, the projected advertising on the other side of the blue lines, a change from different uh, uh, companies, vehicles, uh, products, skip editions. I don't want to do endorsements on there, but I'm just saying that to make a point. We have a serious problem with the blatant disregard of the NHL totally in the face and disrespect for the television viewer. And this is going to be a real problem going forward. The problem we have is, is that, and you gentlemen have been around the sport for a long time, slowly by slowly they've been taking the ice away from us to watch the hockey game. Started a couple of years ago with putting advertising in the corners. And now they've, they're putting it uh, on the boards in projected images to the point where uh, it's given us less ice to watch. The NHL should be ashamed of itself for allowing, uh, uh, for uh, disrespecting and changing the game for the viewership that supports it financially. Uh, going forward, uh, uh, the greatest form of revenue in the, in the billions of dollars for, for television uh, royalties that is shared and makes the league wealthy and 
we have to do something to fix this. I don't know where the starting point is, but even the logos that centerize, they don't need to be that size. You go to Los Angeles. So, Stephen, I, I'll just I'll just jump in because I'm glad you brought this up because it is it is interesting. It's about the way we consume the game. But I'm just I, I'm not, and I'm not I'm not being sarcastic or argumentative. I'm not. Sh can you just kind of like what actually bothers you about it? Like obviously well, they're doing it to make money. The, okay, tonight uh, I'm watching the the game in Calgary. Two players go in the corner uh, and boards, and you're looking. You're trying to follow the puck, and there's uh, you can't see the bodies of the players through the projected images on the boards. They they've got owls or bears or something in black, and you're struggling to see who's uh, the play going on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. okay. Uh, okay, now I'm just talking about the wall, the wall stuff. But yeah. then they, the the uh, the size of the logos and the color and the color contrast. You get black logos, dark logos. They're so huge. The players are on there. You're trying to follow uh, the passes across the neutral zone, where the players are skating, and uh, you know what? Uh, who where do, who does this money go to? Because it has to stop. If well, I the team. Well, the teams will ultimately get the money, right? I mean, okay. the, the teams so, and the league so sell the advertising and get the money, right? They're wringing out every last dollar, but they're they're screwing uh, 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 the viewership. When I signed my cable vision uh, and I put buy the Sportsnet channel, I bought it last year, thinking that I'm going to get the product that was presented to me last year in the venue that it's that that I agreed to. I agreed to buy that product and not have a whole bunch of crap on the ice. Okay, and, Stephen, and I'm gonna Stephen, year, I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna cut you off politely because I think you made your point. Fair enough. And we can talk about it and we can see what other people think. I'm just going to leave you with a question. Where is the starting point for the pushback? Because it can't continue. It's ruining our game. Well, pushback is, is people, people stop watching. Yeah. That's, or that's or, or people like you voice this on. I mean, I mean, I know for a fact several people with OEG listen to our show because they're, they're Oilers fans too. So they're going to hear stuff. Hey, guys. Um, I, I, I haven't heard anybody say exactly what Stephen has said. Well, not exactly like that. I have heard people say they found it distracting already. I have heard that, yes. Um, I, I haven't heard people specifically say about what he said about the logos and there's less white. I, I mean, the, they're, they're making the center ice logos as big as possible. Well, so because if you turn on the TV, oh, if this game yeah. is in Boston, they're playing. Um, they're, obviously, they're doing it for money. Yep. Could the could the way it's presented be improved for people who find it distracting? Yes. And it probably possibly. will be. I personally find it interesting, as a viewer on television, how much we're seeing that is not real, because not only like the boards the boards change every minute. Like you and I have watched, yeah. like oh, 18 new, oh, 17 new, and I've watched at home. And also, there's often something on the ice in the high slot or just inside the blue line that is virtual. That changes every few mm -hmm. minutes as well. Uh, the stuff on the ice below the icing lines is is actually painted in the yeah. ice. But yes, if you attend an Oilers game, you will see different board ads than what the people on CTV. Well, it's funny. We've watched a few of the American broadcasts when the Oilers were down in the States, and we see Canadian brands on the board. Right, because they've bought the sports that yes. to be broadcast. They bought it from Rogers to be broadcast back to Edmonton. And it's funny. One of the other things that, was it Steve that just called? Uh, Stephen, yeah. yeah, Stephen just said was about losing sight of the puck because of the ads that are painted into the ice. I played in a in a market in the states because they're all a lot, of, especially in the miners, they're always looking for something different. And in Kalamazoo, they used to at St. Patty's Day, they painted the ice was 
green, and then Valentine's Day the ice was <laughs> pink. But the one year in Kalamazoo, they the tint was too dark, and we kept losing sight of the puck because it, the green of the the clovers in the the face-off dots were too dark that we'd lose sight of the puck. And it was a really tough game because it was hard picking the puck up. Now it's a little different. This is just spots in the middle. Um, the, the NHL and the ownership are going to look for every possible way yeah. to make money. Well, and, there's little ads on the helmets now. Yeah, and, and they're, they, a, lot of, a lot of money was lost during the pandemic. And they're going to look for every possible way to make money. And this is a way that they can sell ads in the arena and sell ads for yeah. TV. So it's going to continue. I'm sure they're going to improve on things that technology improves they'll improve the way it's viewed but i don't see it going away no me neither and i i haven't noticed anything in a game that i've watched but i've seen people posting screenshots of where a player actually kind of half disappeared because it glitched <laughs> i guess it didn't i don't know how it works it didn't we'll have to ask john shannon about this a little more but stevens uh, if, if stevens not going to like this it, it's not going away it's not no it is not going they may change it they may make it better they may try to make it less distracting, but having said that, advertising, the whole premise of advertising is for, for you to notice it. Yes. So, they, so, so the advertisers actually don't care if you take your eye off the puck to see that, oh, they there's, there's Rob Brown's auto body yeah. advertised on the board. Yeah, they prefer you take your eye yeah, off the puck like to I know notice I, that. This is, Stephen's probably going to be really peeved that I'm saying this, and maybe that's a, a bit of a cynical approach, but that that's why it, it exists. I mean... Well, they, they're not going to go back. I mean, they're gaining, they're getting money for this. Like advertising, they never, ever put advertising on equipment for years and years and years. But now they've started, they're getting money from it. Of course, they're going to continue with it. So, yeah, I, I, I think the hope is just like most things in life, that the more you see that, the, then the less you'll notice it. Mm -hmm. So it's something new, so people are noticing. I mean, you and I, when the, the ads change on the boards while we're watching the game, oh, it's this one now. Oh, it's changed. It's this one now. Well, some of them actually move. Yeah. Like they pop up with animation. And so stuff. eventually it just becomes, I don't know if it's, it's, you just don't notice it as much and it's not something new and you're following the game and I guess subliminally your mind is picking up, oh, I think I better go get a hamburger because I just saw something on the boards there. Right. So something along that line. But yeah, I, it's, it, it ain't going away. It's certainly not. No, I, I don't think so. I, I'd be curious to know what other, other people... I appreciate Stephen's call because I, it's something I've kind of been wanting to talk about a little bit and on Inside Sports as well, but I haven't really... But John Shannon would be a great one to talk about with that. Yes, because he would he would also have an understanding of could the technology be improved? Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're they're putting virtual ads on the boards. I don't think that's going away. No. Could the way it's presented be refined? That's what that's what I would want to well, talk. I'm that's sure what they I will ask John about. I, I, I'm sure they will, and I mean everything just gets better when it comes to animation and computers and stuff like that. The further we go, the the better but it I, gets. I, I'm honestly though a little not creeped out, but it's a little uneasy that you can see that much on a television showing you a live game that isn't actually there. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, well, I mean some. I, I don't know if it's on during Oilers games. But some TV broadcasts, they have that virtual ad behind the net on the glass. When I first saw that a few years ago, I was like, who painted? Why would they? Oh, that's it's projected. It's vir it's virtual, right? Oh, I got to give you the name of the show that I just watched, this series on TV, and it's all about what they show, what you're watching is not real. 
it's uh, it's a British show. It's really really cool, and it kind of freaks you out. It's a lot like this. How much of what you're watching is real, or how much is it fake? Right. So I mean, some people might think that Conor McDavid isn't real. That there's no way a human being can do what he can do. So maybe maybe he's all just AI, and that he's one of those AI things out there. The, the game was different in Calgary, but the one that we watched on TV, we get to feel good about ourselves in here in Edmonton. McDavid with three points. Oilers beat the Flames 3-2. Uh, happy to hear from you if you want to talk about the game or have an opinion on the uh, board advertising. 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hyman knocked it down, Pooley-Army, and then Bouchard did not keep the zone. Here's Tyler Toffoli, shorthanded, re-shot denied. Stuart Skinner coming up with a big save. He had not seen a puck in a while and takes one away from Tyler Toffoli. Skinner, excellent again. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He, he did bail out the Oilers. That was a shorthanded breakaway in the first period. Then Backlund had two in the second period. Uh, Flames had a, a two-on-one early in the second period. Um, I mean, the Oilers have needed good goaltending. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to talk about it. They have not been uh, defensive wizards <laughs> in, in most games. And, and I think specifically against Calgary, they do have trouble handling Calgary's forward depth and Calgary's down low play in the offensive zone. Uh, they, absolutely. And Calgary, when they throw the Lucic-Ritchie line out there, they're a big, strong line. And that's one that caused the Oilers uh, a ton of trouble today down low. The Oilers are not a big physical defense, and Calgary took advantage of that. Having said that, the Oilers are a team that feasts on other teams' mistakes. And Markstrom made a mistake in the third period. And then, the I believe it was Uyghur, made a mistake behind the net in the third period, and the Oilers capitalized on both of those. So uh, goaltending was a a positive for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And actually, and I agree with you, I thought Markstrom played very well for the Calgary Flames, just the, the one wobble and that cost them the game. Time to see if your furnace works. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Rob Reed, love your show, long-time listener. I think you guys are excellent, except uh, I find myself distracted. <laughs> <laughs> distracted from the advertising, right? <laughs> I find myself distracted from uh, the conversation and the advertising, actually. I'm going to have to agree with the previous caller. Uh, it is a little bit distracting, and I know he's opened up Pandora's box with all of this, but uh, I, I, I did find it a, a little distracting, but that is not at all what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Skinner and uh, how well he's played. And, and, and the one thing that I wanted to say about Skinner before everybody, you know, jumps on the Skinner bandwagon is every, every goaltender, not every goaltender was a number one. You had to start somewhere, and this guy looks like he's starting somewhere legitimately. So I just wanted your thoughts on that aspect of Jeff Skinner thus far in his, you know, short season. Well, it's what we were saying earlier with Reed is he's he's worked his way. It's not he hasn't anything given to him. He he didn't come out of junior and be given a job in the National Hockey League and say run with it. 
He's been in the coast. He's been in the American Hockey League. There was people clamoring to have him last year when we had Smith and, and Koskinen. They wanted him playing ahead of Koskinen, but he stayed down the minors and played well down there, continued to improve. Uh, from what we've heard, his work ethic is second to none. Uh, he, he's continuing to improve. And uh, again, this is only a few games into the season and things have gone very well. You don't know what the next game brings you, but you, there's positives. And what you want is a quality start each time you put a goalie in net, and he has certainly given the Edmonton Oilers that each time he's taken the net to start a game. Oilers win 3-2 whenever they score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. 780-496-0063. We have Brian up next we will welcome brian to the show go ahead sir how are you doing tonight good uh my solution for the advertisement is just bigger tv i got a monster <laughs> tv in the nice. <laughs> well you don't you'll oh, find a tv f smaller than 40 inches hardly anymore i remember when i was in university <laughs> i saved up money and I splurged to get the 15-inch instead of the 12 for my bedroom <laughs> wow. where I was staying. Remotes are bigger than 15 <laughs> inches now. Yeah, yeah. My question is more around how you feel the Oilers are adapting to... I know you talk about it a lot on this show, but just the inconsistency in the ref calling from game to game to game. Um, oh, just geez. in the past few games, you've seen some, like refs that kind of let things go oh that's not a penalty that's not a penalty and then you got the game against cleveland it's 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 just ridiculous how how does that mess with a player's head when they're going game to game where you know just a little bit of a dig in is a is a hook on one game but then you know uprooting the guy is not a is not a penalty in the next game how how, how do you as a player adapt to the to that? well i th i think that the biggest thing is you look at it this way the refs in the National Hockey League are the best by far. And all of these players have gone through minor hockey, junior hockey, college hockey, uh, minor pro hockey. So they're used to inconsistent refing. Because if, if it's inconsistent at this level, these are the best. So they've, they've played in games in different leagues as they've uh, made their way to the National Hockey League where they've had to adapt every single season, every single game. So... Rarely do you see players let it where you see where the players let it get to them um, because they've they've been there they've been through it and they know that some refs uh, call this way and what you see is you usually watch the first five to ten minutes of a hockey game and the players are feeling out the refs to see what kind of game what's going to be called and then they try to adapt to it from that. Yeah, that's like would you would a. Uh well, okay, first of all, the refs are scouted by the teams. Like, the, the teams know this guy might call a little bit more of this, this guy might call a little more, more of this. More so nowadays than when I played. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, there's video on yeah. refs, too. Oh, absolutely there is. Yeah, and, and, they, and tendencies, they know. and some refs are known to call more penalties and stuff like that. And I've heard football and, teams talk about this guy calls more holding and, to and, offensive linemen. And, and, so, and you know some refs you can talk to and some you can't. Yeah. And they will they will talk about it in the dressing room. Okay, we got so-and-so tonight. Do not talk to him. Do not do not let him get it, become the show. So they'll talk about stuff like that before the game. So uh, you just you adapt. But a lot of it is you adapt early in the hockey game. You'll see what the ref is calling or letting go early in a hockey game. What frustrates a player is when a ref changes throughout a game. Right. If all of a sudden he wasn't calling this 
the beginning of the year, but now or beginning of the game, and now he is. That frustrates a player because you think you're in the groove. Okay, here's what I can and can't do tonight, and now it changes. That's when you see frustration set in. Yeah, three-two, the Oilers win to go to six and three on the season. We have Tony, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Tony, go ahead. Okay, I have one comment, and then I have a couple questions. Um, that's not going to take too long. Um, I somewhat agree with that caller that was talking about the advertising, but us hockey fans have got to realize that we went through one of the biggest pandemics in probably the last, I don't know how many years. And Batman could have said, you guys aren't playing hockey no matter what. We're going to lose too much money, and it's just not worth it. But what he decided to do, he said, okay, you know what? We're willing to lose money to let, to let these guys play. We just won't have any fans. And then now my question is here. I'm not like I'm not gonna. I love Stuart Skinner. Love the way he's playing. Would you go to Campbell against Nashville before? Because I feel like the longer we don't play him, and he is our five million dollar guy that you know is supposed to be a starter. Do you think it's getting to his head at all that? He's not playing to his standard. And would you keep Nemo Line on the team now? Well, I would play Campbell next game because I would want wouldn't want either goalie to get stale. So I think Campbell would start next game simply because he should. Uh, and Nemo Line, the way he played tonight, deserves to play the next game. Yes. Oh, Nemo Line's been yes. A nice story. Very nice story. I thought again, we, you and I talked about it early in the game. He 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 looked comfortable out there. He, he did not let the game against the Calgary Flames overwhelm him. He was a good hockey player tonight in this hockey game. Yeah, well, I mentioned Neiman Lyon credited with uh, six hits. Played 15-25. I mean, he's, he's looking pretty comfortable, which is nice. Well, and I, I think they would like to have Holloway in the lineup. So that means they roll four lines and six defensemen. So I think Nima Linen is playing and contributing, and I think they feel pretty comfortable that they don't need to have seven defensemen every game and to protect them. They feel he's capable of playing and playing well. Some of the other stats from tonight. Uh, McDavid uh, didn't play quite as much tonight. Played exactly 19 minutes. Dreisaitl played 21-59. Nurse played 22-58. Shots on goal. Hyman had four. Nugent Hopkins had four. The Oilers were 51% in the face-off circle, led by Dreisaitl, who took 27 of the 68 face-offs in the game, won 15 for 56% as the Oilers get a 3-2 win over the Flames. Corey is up next on the open line. Corey, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just had a thought. Um, you know, we have this young stud Holloway. Uh, he's kind of sitting on our fourth line, and uh, I love uh, Yamamoto, but he just seems to be struggling this year, uh, getting his feet under him or, you know, capitalizing on some chances. I'm wondering, because, you know, with Holloway playing five minutes tonight, is it really worth having him up here, or, you know, should we be looking at other options? I think they'll send him down. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. Bob was talking about maybe even Yanmark coming up for a while. I don't see... I think Yamamoto will stay on that line for the time being mm -hmm. just because, I mean, he has been involved in a couple of goals he hasn't gotten points on, though I do agree that, that he's... They need more. They, they, they need more. And he started slow last year as well. 
but I, I don't know if they would swap Holloway for Yamamoto at this point, given how, no. how the team is going. But yeah, I, I totally agree. You don't want... It's good Holloway's getting experience. I did notice him tonight. I, like I yep. said earlier, I thought he played more than five and a half minutes. But five and a half minutes isn't enough for him yeah, to play. Yeah, I mean, let him go be a, a star in the AHL. He'll be back. Well, and the thing enough. is, because of waivers, he can come go up and down as many times as he wants. Right. So, yeah, I, they're not going to have him playing five, six minutes a night. Not in a, a year where they need him to play pro hockey and learn and, and continue to improve. So, uh, unless, unless there's an an injury or something along that line I would imagine he'll go down and get some quality minutes yeah and did get his first assist tonight on yep. McDavid's goal McDavid from CC and Holloway tied it with 10:58 left in the third period Oilers win 3-2 we have Sir Robert on the line too Sir Robert good morning go ahead uh, 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 hey guys how you doing good well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, first I want to start off with uh, Skinner. I mean, Skinner obviously again was uh, was uh, I mean nothing short of uh, stellar. I mean, uh, Calgary. I thought I thought for the most part anyway, but Calgary had the had the better of the uh, uh, the better of the high quality chances. So it was nice to see uh, nice to see Skinner having uh, uh, string together back to back solid games. Um, now, uh, I guess uh, that brings me to my second of three points here is that uh, I think I've said this before, when it comes to goaltending, I think with Campbell and Skinner, I don't think at this point, especially nine games in, I don't, I don't think it matters who plays how many. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's just playing and simple. The tandem is solid. I like what we got in net. And my final point is on Holloway. I, just want, I, would, I would say, look, I mean, tonight he only played I think it was five and a half minutes. Yep. Personally, I think I think sending him down is is the, the right move because as the, I think it was I think it was Rob that said it there just a few seconds ago, and you guys might agree with this is that Holloway being up here all year to only play five minutes a night. That's uh, I mean that's really not going to serve him well ultimately in the end. As I think he's he. You send him down to Bakersfield, Holloway could easily be ready to be that. Yeah. He could easily be ready to be full time here next year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, it, no, I don't know if it's going to happen immediately, no. but yeah, I mean, Holloway, you want him, you want him playing because he's not. Uh, I mean, he's not projected to be a fourth liner on the no. team. So let him go down and handle the puck and play 20 minutes a game and hopefully get some points. Oh, the Oilers are a good team now. You don't have to force your younger players to play earlier than they need to. Yeah. I mean, he's similar to, not a similar player to Yamamoto, but I mean, Yamamoto drafted, what, 22nd overall, all the way 14th. So you don't need them to come in and be stars right away, but you want them to contribute. I mean, Yamamoto started. Went down to Bakersfield, came up and, and jumped right in. So hopefully that's what happens with Holloway. No, it, it will be. He's a good hockey player that just needs to find game time, whether it's here or Bakersfield. I, we'll see what happens next game. Maybe he gets a little more minutes. Maybe something happens in the game. Someone's not playing well. He moves up in the lineup. But the, the, he needs to play. Whether it's here or in the minors, he needs to play. Okay. We also have uh, John on the line as the Oilers win 3-2. Hi, John. Oh. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Good, good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Um, hey, uh, so my question is actually just about Connor McDavid. Um, I, like, I got to say, the, the Eastern media drives me a little insane. Like, 
in terms of they they asked the question whether or not he could actually uh, accomplish winning the rocket richard trophy and that just seems like a like an insane question to ask like he's lethal at this point in time like that that you know that goal coming down the left wing um, against Chicago where he just roofed it was was like unstoppable basically and then you know you look at the moves that he makes all the time like he's got an infinite amount of chances basically and I just kind of wonder like am I missing something like do do the eastern media just not see Connor enough to understand how good he is or like I heard one of them say that you know, Matthews was the greatest offensive talent in the game or something at some point in time. And it's just like, how, how, how do they even save stuff like that? I, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I think McDavid is the greatest offensive force in the game right now. I think there are a lot of other op- excellent players. Mm-hmm. Like, are uh, we biased? Are we biased? Oh, of course we're biased. Well, I think we're. I think <laughs> sure. I mean, obviously our our show is Oilers centric. You know, my talk show is that I do on weeknights is Oilers and Elks and Edmonton athletes centric. So is that biased or is that just talking to the audience? I I, I think on a. I mean, when the Oilers were in the decade of darkness, Rob and I weren't pushing their players for heart <laughs> trophies. Like, you know, I think some things are, are obvious. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I know there's kind of this uh, talk about the East-West divide and Toronto and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, Matthews is a great player. He won the heart trophy. I don't have a problem with that. And he was I, voted I, by the players as the, the, the Pearson, so. Like, on Oilers now, Stoff had us on to do our predictions. And I, I predicted Connor McDavid to win the Hart Trophy. And I said, I will pick Connor McDavid to win the Hart Trophy for the next seven to 10 years, because probably three or four times at least, I'll be right. <laughs> you know, like he'll always be in the conversation. Yes. So, and yes, do I think he can win the Rocket Richard? Totally. I don't know if he will. I think Leon could also win it. Yeah. I also think, you know, Matthews. Well, could, I mean, I don't mind. A lot of great players. But. I, and I, I think the media asking him that is respecting the fact that he can and hasn't yet. Yeah, he, I'm not sure which, yeah, I should have asked, but I'm not sure which exact interview he was referring to or if it was a panel discussion or something like that. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll ask a guy that, something that might seem like a stupid question, but he knows I'm trying to get, you know, his impression mm. of something or, or whatever. I also think sometimes people get caught up in media from other places when, I mean, our, our job here in Edmonton is to promote the Edmonton Oilers and, and talk about the Edmonton Oilers. And we're very lucky we get to watch Connor and Leon, who I think are the two best players in the world. But there's people at media in Toronto that get to see Austin Matthews every night and see all the special things he does and probably think, you know what, he could be the best player in the world. There's people in Pittsburgh, well, they got to see Sydney for years, and they all, well, he's still really, really good. So um, to me, that's what part of being a fan and part of BD is, is talking but, about it. But John, I don't think you can be offended by it. But John, he, John used a great word, which, which is, was lethal. I, I just don't know if there's anybody in the NHL in almost any situation who is as lethal as Connor McDavid. You know what I mean? In terms of variety of goals, he can beat you off offensively, the rush. Offensively, he can beat you off the rush. He can yep. spin off a check down low and drive mm-hmm. to the net. He's the best offensive player in the world. Right. Yes. That's so. Could he win the Rocket Richard? Why not? Well, yeah, but uh, the, the thing is, I think they're asking him that because they feel he can. 
I think that's what they're looking for is for him to say, oh, yeah, I see I what can. you're saying. Yeah. So I, I think they're saying it as a positive. Yeah, they're trying because, you know, because he's never done it. Right. So that's why they're saying, could you win the, the Rocket Richard? Because I think they're saying that as a, we think you can. Do you think you can? So, I mean, I again, there's, I know that sometimes media people get mad. Well, this is what they're saying in Toronto. Well, they're supposed to say that in Toronto. They're, 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 they're the Toronto media. And the Pittsburgh media will say this. And the Montreal media will say this. So to me, I, it's, and as players, we never got caught up in what other media said. I know that people get insulted. I believe that the Colorado Avalanche have the best team and they should win it all. Well, good. That's if someone's opinion. That's what all media is, well, is some our opinion. Like some, yeah, I mean, and it's we just our make opinion. predictions and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I know a guy last year, he picked the New York Islanders to win the Eastern Conference. <laughs> well, I mean, he was really smart, other than the fact they didn't make the playoffs. Well, That's, yes. If they made the playoffs... I did pick Colorado to win the Cup. <laughs> so I was right there. I just The team I had them beating wasn't even in the playoffs. But it, you didn't care who they beat because you knew who was winning. See, that's the thing. They're much better this year. Yeah. So far. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I could go on and on. I, I won't start today because what time is it? It's 12.15. It's tomorrow. It's to, it's <laughs> tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, as someone who works in the media and is interested in the media and is interested in broadcasting, I mean, I have a lot of opinions on a lot of stuff I consume. And I, I know that... Uh, you know, being an Albertan, I, I know we get a lot of stuff out of Toronto. You know, a lot of stations are based mm -hmm. in Toronto. A lot of report, or a lot of reporters are a lot of national reporters are actually in Toronto mm -hmm. and still might see more of the Leafs than other teams, even though they're national. Yep. But I also understand that a third of the population of the country is in southern Ontario. So mm -hmm. I mean, wh wh who are you going to talk about? Oh, it's true. 100%. And people get upset by it. I don't. I'm, I enjoy when they talk about Well, we have TSN on. They led with the Oilers-Flames game. Well, because it was the best game on TV tonight. Yeah, and it was the latest game, and it's midnight here as opposed to 2 a.m. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think that there's, like... A bias? I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as bad as sometimes we feel in Edmonton area. But I think sometimes it, it, it might be there a little bit. Well, and there's also some media that will say things just for the well, reaction. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the one thing that annoys me now. People will say, well, the media. And I'm like, well, don't, like, I always challenge people when they yes. say that. Well, the media says this. I'm like, no, don't, I, I'm in the media. No, I said I, I, some people yes. in the media will say things. There's a yes. guy that... Uh, no, but that's, that's my point. That's yeah. my point. If, you're, if, a, if you as a, as a consumer yeah. are, like, if you have a bad hamburger at... Uh, company a yeah you don't say well all all hamburgers are bad i didn't say all i said some right but that that's what I, that's exactly my point yeah. though rob that if 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 you want to criticize something you heard in the media say which media person said it but there's but there's a, there's not just one there's 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 a bunch that you can turn on i can go to any single city in the nhl and find at least one person there that will say things just for the reaction Oh yes, but that's my point. Call out that person. Yeah, but I'd have. To, but I'm don't, saying. Don't say. But I'm don't. saying some because I'm not going to call out 32 people right no, now. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you. Sorry, I'm oh. talking hypothetically. I'm not asking you to identify somebody. Oh. You know, I'm just saying. You know, I wish we had that caller back. But you know, if who like who's who said that? Like, because you could say, well, the Toronto media. Well, Jay does. Jay didn't no, say it. That's why you right? say some. You don't say all. Right. And I, it's not all. There's some. There's some incredible media people. But there's also just like in any walk of life, some great cops. Some. Oh are. no, I mean great I, I recognize. Yes. Yeah, there's some people who sensationalize stuff. Yes, and, and they right? do it on purpose. There's the best was the guy. It was um, Stan Fischler in New York. 
he would say things that were so completely outrageous, he'd say 100 of them, and one would come true and then say, hey, told you. I'm like, well, you said 99 things that were silly. So you can't just take that one, but that's the way it is. But the, the more outlandish it is, the more play it gets. Well, sometimes. Then people are get smart enough to tune it out. Well, but yeah, but they're just doing that one shock. Okay. Well, I think John called back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, so it was actually TSN. And that's actually, that was kind of my point. Like, TSN is actually supposed to be a national, national sports network, not the Toronto Sports Network, right? So, um, yeah. Anyway, so... It was TSN, and it it always seems to like if you if you watch Sportsnet West, you're absolutely right. Like it's a little bit more Oiler centric, and they definitely are a little less by. It's just it was just more the TSN Sports Network that was, you know. Uh, anyway, just that, that I, you I, felt I, there was I, a lot I, of you I, felt there was too I, much discussion about. I can't oh remember your God. original point it's now. Brutal. <laughs> it's brutal how like how much they talk about the Leafs and like zero like zero uh, discussion about the Oilers and it's almost like you're watching the Toronto sports. But Network, no, right? no, I, I could be wrong. But yes, isn't like I, I I appreciated your guys' points. About but that. isn't it doesn't TSN the they only carry the Toronto Maple Leaf games? Is that not true? Oh, for regional? Never. No, they have Jets and Canadians. Oh, okay, but they don't carry. The Western teams, it's all on sports. So I would imagine because TSN only really carries three teams, that it would be more about them than it would be about the rest of the teams in the well, league. Well, they would have broadcasters to do those games. But, the, I mean, the highlight shows, they show everything. Right. But I. But they, they always lead with, they always lead with, yeah. you know, beliefs. But, but it, it's just more, it's just more their... It's not uh, like I don't really care so much about, you know, who they're leading with and da 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 as much as just like I just don't understand. Like I worry that McDavid doesn't get the full recognition that well, he see, would get. Well, see, I disagree with that. I, there's not a McDavid gets the recognition. I don't think you ever have to think that he doesn't. He is any ask most, if not all people in the media who the best player in the world is. They will tell you Connor McDavid. He gets all the recognition he needs. I think, though. And, John, I don't know if you heard this. It was a year or two ago. Zeno Onright comes on my show once in a while. Okay, yeah. And he said that they kept his producer, like the, the you know, the like the people who help him get his notes ready and stuff, kept giving him stats comparing McDavid to Matthews when McDavid was, like, having a better season than me. And he finally said, like, stop. Like, he's, it's not just McDavid versus Matthews. Like McDavid is, like, compare McDavid to people historically who are, are having these types of seasons. Not just not just a Leaf, because the Leafs are on your mind. But we actually know every time, because there was a stretch there of where every time Connor played, there was some historical thing. Most points in 30 games, most points in 50, most in 100. Because we kept seeing all these incredible players. So I don't think there that anyone is dissing Connor McDavid. I think Connor McDavid gets all of the accolades that Yeah, I do think he gets quite a bit of attention. I, I hope, yeah. You're, you're, I, the one other thing I was going to say, you guys mentioned, you know, about Sidney Crosby. Well, like when he was in his prime, like there was no question that he was the best player in the world. And I, I don't think, it, you know... Uh, Nobody had a problem giving him recognition for that. I, I just sort of feel... Anyway, yeah. No, it's a, I, it's an interesting discussion. Thanks. We appreciate it.
Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, McDavid had three points tonight. He was uh, very good. Skinner was outstanding. He made 40 saves, and the Oilers beat the Flames 3-2. Rob, it's always a pleasure staying up late with you. Yeah, uh, it was nice being with you on Saturday and Sunday. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have another game broadcast on Tuesday. The Oilers are back home. They're going to take on Nashville. It's a 5.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 7. Stoff will have Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, Battle of Alberta. This one goes to Edmonton, 3-2. Good night.